G'day everyone and welcome to the final minor round edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, of course. A good way to finish off the season in some people's eyes, maybe not so good in other people's, but uh, without any further ado, let's just crack into the intro and get right into it, shall we? G'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome everyone to the final edition of the Weekend Wrap for the Mine Round in 2020. And uh, a good win by the Crows in the end. And joining me for now, uh, hopefully with a little bit of uh, additional support in a few minutes, uh, we have Mac. Here you go, Mac. Oh, pretty good, mate. Um, good game today. And uh, as I say, as I said to you off here, a little bit bittersweet. We lose pick two, but we looked like a good side. So, you know, it was a good day. It was indeed. Uh, G'day to everyone who's joined us on uh, Discord and on YouTube, of course. Um, Cast of thousands in the live studio audience there. A bit of a rabble. We had a bit of a mosh going on, uh, Mac, while we were waiting to uh, kick off for the late start. Uh, So uh, hopefully people appreciated it. But, uh, yeah, so... What do you reckon? Like bittersweet, I guess. Um, we had a resounding win. Um, you know, uh, we sent off the uh, the lads in good style, uh, all that sort of stuff. And uh, yet, we dropped two places in the pecking order on the draft. <laughs> yeah, and that's the downside. But and um, so, you know, it was a surprising game because uh, I, you know, I watch all the games very closely, and North Melbourne's form up until this game had been very good. And I thought we would have a real struggle uh, to win this game, and I thought we could genuinely lose it, um, not tanking, but just genuinely lose it, possibly. Um, yep. But the, <laughs> the effort they put in was pretty poor. And, uh, oh, yeah, it was very we, poor, mate. I, I think even if we tanked, we would have still won. It was very poor. Um, look, we could have played with arms behind, tied behind our back, and we still wouldn't have lost that game. They North Melbourne had absolutely no appetite for it whatsoever, in my opinion. Didn't give a yelp. Didn't give a yelp at all, never mind. Um, and uh, look, mate, as is usually the case, and we are waiting for Nikki. She was coming on the bus. We did give her an extra half an hour. She hasn't uh, quite shown up yet, but I'm sure she'll drop in at some stage during the cast. So while we're waiting for that, little extravaganza why don't we head into your little extravaganza shall we let's do it You heard that, Mac, but I had your theme song going, which was always nice. No, I don't get to hear it, unfortunately. You and, don't uh, get to hear it? Never mind. I wish I'll I could, to... even if it, 
He was just regular, taking the piss out of me. I still like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's have a look at the scores for the round. A pretty interesting round with, of course, the top four playing. And on Friday night, the Bulldogs and the Power kicked it off. And uh, the Bulldogs started really well. Uh, it looked like they were in control. And then uh, the Power just got the points in the end and knocked the Bulldogs, as it turned out, with other results, knocked them out of the four, which was... Pretty costly loss in the end by the Bulldogs going down 10-4-64 to the power 9-12-66, two points. Yeah, look, it was a very dynamic round. Uh, all the games, basically, most of them were very dynamic and had a great effect on bearing on where the ladder was and, and who plays who in the finals. And uh, this was one of the key ones. And uh, the Bullies, they jumped Port early and I thought, you know, four roll up, you beauty, they're going to kick Port's ass and show them Port Adelaide's no good and they won't do any good in the finals. And uh, for the next two quarters, it was pretty even. But uh, to Port's credit, and you have to give them the credit, uh, they finished it strongly and they hit the front five minutes to go. And uh, wine, Wines, Boat, Grey, they were, they were outstanding for Port. Uh, and the Dogs, they've lost their last three. And uh, they dropped, they'd be, they were top uh, three weeks ago and they've dropped down to... They dropped initially down to fourth, and then ultimately when Brisbane won, down to fifth. And, uh, yeah, I had them as the, the potentially the possible premier, but, gee, you really have to wonder now. Agreed. Uh, their form has really dropped off, hasn't it? And uh, surprisingly so. I, um, I, have, I wonder whether... Um, um, uh, what's his bloody name, the coach? Um <laughs> Who's the Bulldogs coach again? Beveridge. Beveridge. Hey, hey, Nick. Good on you, Nick. Good on you, Nicky. I wonder whether Beveridge outsmarts himself sometimes. I think he does. I think he does. Now, for example, he's Ruckman. He's he's been training this big, tall, young Ruckman all day, all year, sorry, and then leaves him up in the forward line uh, most of the game. And uh, um, Ford Ruckman, uh, likes it. He just killed them. Just killed them. So... uh, yeah, I think he does outsmart himself. Yeah. Uh, Port, though, um, you can't deny their form. They've got players back and they've had a few games into them. I think their uh, their forward setup is a bit of a threat if their midfield get going, and their midfield certainly did get going. I think their defence is a little bit of their Achilles heel. Um, but they can, they can certainly put a score on. Yeah, the other thing they did do... Big uh, raps to William Drew, who uh, reduced Bontempelli to a pretty ordinary game. Um, but you're right about Port Adelaide. I've been saying they can't win the flag. Well, maybe they can. It's a horrible thought. Absolutely horrible thought. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, they their forward line is their most dangerous line. And they've got good mids. If they feed them and if they can get on top in the mids, then they are dangerous. And um, I'd hate to to win it. I'd hate it, but, but I'm still going to say they can't. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, uh, and then what did we have? We had, rather fittingly, I guess, if you're sentimental, Hawthorne and Richmond fighting out a draw with a, a couple of late goals at the end to the Tigers uh, by Jack Revolt getting them over the line, or getting them up to the line, I should say. 12-11-83 uh, apiece. Um few players bowing out on both sides and of course Alistair Clarkson's last game as coach and we said he wouldn't drop a game Macca and he didn't drop a game 
but no, he, he was a little bit pissed off about the draw, I'm sure. I but, think he was. Um, <laughs> I think we, we nearly had a hole in the wall. It was hilarious. Yeah, yeah because look, they, the Hawks were too good all day. And it was six and a half minutes to go. Um, you know, um, Harbert just took his uh, headgear off and threw it away. He'd given up. But then Richmond got... Richmond just went berserk and they got, they got two quick goals. But the, the turning point was Bramble, who... Now, the, when they get a point and they they run out of the goal square, they've been running... Instead of running 15 metres, they've been running 20, 25. I don't know why Bramble thought he could get away with 40. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure the ball. Not And sure that, gave them, that gave away a goal and, uh, and just opened up and... Uh, yeah, and then that, that ended up as a draw. And uh, I thought the Hawks deserved to win, but that uh, mistake by Bramble was very, very costly and, turned, and just turned the result of the game into a draw. It uh, certainly did. Uh, both teams missing the final. Richmond uh, missing the finals for the first time in, what, about four or five years, I think? And uh, not often a, a running Premier misses the finals the next year, um, but... Uh, they're going to have to do a little bit of uh, list turnover, I think, if they're going to remain competitive over the next couple of years. So certainly, I don't think they'll be the powerhouse uh, they have been up until this season. No, look, we've got other teams rising, haven't we, uh, that are going to take their place. Uh, it's not saying that they won't, they can't be top eight material, but they, I think their premiership days have gone. For, the, for now, yeah. Uh, the Swans absolutely belting the Suns and consolidating their place uh, in the finals uh, contention. 21-10, 136 uh, to disappointing Gold Coast, 6-13, 87 points in the end. Yeah, look, the good thing about this game was I didn't see much of it. Uh, <laughs> I can top you, but I yeah. didn't see any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Well, Buddy got he got six, he got six goals, Buddy, and I think he only needs about six or seven now to get his thousand. Um, um, Dawson, the guy that you know they keep saying Adelaide's trying to get them, and probably won't. Thirty-three possession with sixteen marks. He he, he was very very good. Not bad um, at all. Yep, and uh, yeah, look, it's uh, just really just was a nice tune-up for the Swans for the finals without taking up you know too much effort and. Too much out of them, and uh, Gold Coast quite pathetic as usual. Good tune up for the Swans, I reckon. Uh, and then we had the Lions not only winning by 38 points over the Eagles, but squeaking over the line in terms of jagging a top four spot 19 11, 125 to 13 9, 87. A little bit of controversy picked up by Tom Morris with regards to the timekeeping, but I reckon if you scrutinise every game of AFL football, you would see timekeeping errors. Uh, and I think Tom Morris was... Uh, not Tom Morris, or it's that little squirt's name. Tom Morris. Is that Tom Morris's? No, is it yeah. Tom Morris? Anyway, him. Um, yeah, I think he was just looking for it. But, uh, yeah, the Lions by 38 points in the end and uh, hitting some good form uh, heading into the uh, final series. Yeah, look, Brisbane led the game all day, and West Coast were they were playing catch up all the day, trying to catch up. But um, but Brisbane were just too good overall. And uh, Natanui, I've got to say, Natanui was a spectacular game as a ruckman. I, I thought he was out, absolutely outstanding. He had twenty nine disposals, being apart from his ruck work, and uh, uh, you would have thought that would have uh, got them over the line. Um, and sure, he wasn't too bad, and Yo wasn't too bad, but 
yeah, not enough good players on the ground, and uh, yeah. overall Brisbane just too good. Zorko uh, was very, very good, and Neil, I thought, came back to form as well. Yeah, I think West Coast rely on too few, Mac. I think they need a, a bit of a refresh around the edges, that team. And the Lions, it's a handy top four uh, in this final series, I think, um, because, uh, because the top four are quite evenly spread, I think. So getting in there with a double chance is good for them. Um, okay, uh, Melbourne. Um, just, just, Sorry, go on, Nick. Hang on. Yeah, just on that one, Mac, it just seemed like to me that West Coast tired in that last quarter, I think, which helped... Um, Brisbane get a bit of the run on. Yeah, I think you're right, Nikki. And, and in fact, that, that was one of the fascinating things of the whole game, really, was the last few minutes, uh, whether they, Brisbane had to get another point to uh, get uh, from fifth into fourth position over the Dogs. And it got down there, they didn't get it. They got down, they didn't get it. They finally got a point not long before the end, only seconds, really. And, they, and then from the kick out, and Charlie Cameron's got a goal out of it. So... That just decided up, but that that part was quite fascinating, actually. Yep, uh, we had the D's finishing on top for the first time in quite a while. Twelve nine eighty one to twelve five seventy seven over the Cats, four points, and uh, uh, pretty good achievement by Melbourne, all things considered. Yeah, I'm not really sure what this actually tells us, Dean, because it was a you know it was a great match, a great match, and. Uh, Melbourne were totally demolished by Geelong in the second quarter. Uh, Geelong using their possession-style game. And uh, at half-time, it was 12 goals, whatever, to three goals, whatever. You know, and you'd say, gee, Melbourne are going to get an absolute hiding. And, uh, but, you know, they fought their way back and, uh, and they just kept eating away at it, eating at it. And you could see that in that last quarter that Melbourne got, had got right on top. Oliver was quite outstanding in the centre. Yeah. and. Uh, Oh, the, and the big guy as well, um, Gorn, he, he was fan, absolutely fantastic. And ironically, he uh, took a mark with the second suspear and kicked the winning goal. But it was Geelong style looked very good in the first quarter, you know, first half, really. And uh, you'd say on that, you know, good enough to win a flag. And in the second half, the way that Melbourne ran all over Geelong with their style uh, and got on top, and say so they can win a flag. But, yeah, so... You know, in the end, it was only a kick in it, and uh, I think they are both those two teams are, are very well. I think in it, they, I think they both of them are ahead of Port in my eyes as, as the likely premier. Yeah, I wonder whether Geelong's game style works as well on the MCG Mac. Uh, whether it's sustainable for four quarters on the MCG. Melbourne reconfigured a bit, um, as you mentioned, and were able to just start to pick them off a little bit. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Melbourne uh, looked pretty good in the second half of that game. All, uh, all over them in the second half, yeah. Yep. Uh, the Giants raiding on Eddie's parade and possibly David Teague's as well. 12-17-89 to 11-9-75. 14 points there in the end to the Giants. Yeah, having seen Teague speaking on TV, well, he's actually saying almost said goodbye and I don't deserve it, but... Um, uh, but you know, I, well, I don't know whether he does or doesn't. No, no, really no. I, I, re- I reckon. Uh, I was saying to, I re- this is what happens. I reckon Al Clarkson has a little bit of a rest. They give Teague the first half of next season, and they got Clarkson on speed dial to come in about halfway through. Mm-hmm. That's what I reckon. That's what I- 
but Clarkson will only do that if he can get rid of some of those people behind the scenes afterwards. Yeah, that's, that's the real thing. Yeah. I, I think you don't touch that club because it's a death knell for coaches, um, just with what we've seen over and over again with interference from the upper echelon who should just know their place. Well I'm say, yeah, I, agree. I don't often uh, agree with Liam Pickering, uh, but his statement during the week about uh, his thoughts on Ross Lyons' little cameo on Footy Classified during the week. Right. That was... Uh, Ross Lyon is a grub. He's an absolute he grub. grub. And... It's not the first time. I mean, let's for, let's not forget he was involved in some pretty underhanded boardroom shenanigans to get over to Frio as well. And uh, he prior to that, he bled St Kilda's list dry in his you know pursuit for uh, a premiership. I, I have no time for Ross Lyon as a person, and I feel like uh, David Teague was uh, not done any service by the Carlton Football Club by essentially giving Ross Lyon licence to conduct a uh, public relations exercise on footy classified during the week. I couldn't argue with one word you you said there. I think think a grub described him very, very well. I think he's a man with no morals whatsoever. No integrity, Macca. No integrity whatsoever. Yeah. When it's it's something that's going to be beneficial to him, he doesn't care who he hurts. That's correct, 100% correct. I mean, here we are, David Teague, second-year coach. He's a young coach. Um, you know, there's been lots of talk about the strains and stresses on coaches in AFL, and uh, Ross Lyon, if he had any integrity, he would have said, look, I'll let my record speak for itself, and if Carlton want to employ me, they can do so, uh, you know, the normal way around. But for him to get on, on TV on, on whenever it was, Wednesday night, and to do a number on David Teague like that, it was disgusting. And I yeah, and very quickly. Sorry, I was just going to finish off by saying Carlton and Ross Lyon are a match made in heaven because they're a train wreck club, and they'll be led by a train wreck coach. After that statement, I can't add anything more because I think you just said it so well there, Fiend. That'll do. Anyway. Uh, St Kilda finishing off their probably disappointing season in their eyes. 17-5-107, 58-point winners over the Dockers, 6-13-49. Dockers uh, would be also disappointed with that final result given their previous week's win. Um, and uh, they'll be looking to reload next season, I think. I think the Dockers are on the rise. Uh, they need to nail a couple of picks or get a couple of trades right, I think. Yep. 100% right there too. And also they must learn to kick goals when they have a shot for goal rather than point. Um, but it was the good St Kilda that turned up. There are two St Kilda. There's the one that uh, comes out and doesn't give much of an effort at all. And there's an, then there's the other one that comes out that gives 100% like they did today. And uh, they've got a quality captain in Steele. Uh, he, he's an amazing player. And... Uh, Yep. And Marshall is easily the best ruck forward uh, in the competition, and those two guys really shone today. And uh, uh, yeah, they were they were very very instrumental in the win. So yeah, yeah. agreed. Same Kilda, just too good. Yep. Uh, the Bombers, the most exciting team out of the top four, in my opinion, Macca, as I've said for a couple of weeks now, sixteen six one zero two, providing GWS with our pick two, uh, courtesy of Collingwood, nine ten sixty four. 
Um, predictable victory, unfortunately, and the Bombers hitting the final series in very good nick, in my opinion. They are, and they, they are in good nick, but um, it's whether they're quite ready yet to take that step. Um, they they probably can probably... They might, they might win a final or two, but, I mean, they haven't got the team to go all the way. There's no doubt about that. No, not at they, this stage. Not at this stage. They're, no, no, they're still a work in progress, but... I am with you. I do enjoy always watching the Bombers because they do play a fairly exciting brand of footy. And uh, uh, I didn't see a lot of it but uh, because, obviously, with our game on. But uh, the part I did see of it, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And uh, Collingwood, they've, they've got all the work to do to recover. It'll be interesting to see, who, see who, who's going to be their coach for next year. Yeah. Well, again, Ross Lyon didn't mind throwing Collingwood's board under the bus in terms of saying he wouldn't touch them with a barge pole because of the unrest, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'd be insulted if I was a Collingwood board to say that, <laughs> with Roth Lyon saying that. Mm. Anyway, all right, let's have a quick look at the ladder, and this is how it finished up. We had Melbourne on top with 70 points, Port Adelaide second clear on 68 points, Geelong clear in third on 64 points, Brisbane squeaking in over the Bulldogs, and also the Swans in the end on 60 points. Uh, the Bulldogs are very disappointed with that, I would imagine, uh, and will face Essendon. That'll be a fascinating first week of the final series, Western Bulldogs versus Essendon. Uh, Sydney on 60, GWS finally getting in there. Uh, they did everything they possibly could not to, but they got in in the end, 46 points, and the Bombers, of course, on 44. West Coast would be disappointed with the back half of their season on 40 with St Kilda and Fremantle. Richmond, uh, as we mentioned, missing the finals after being the reigning premiers on 38. Carlton on 32. Hawthorne on 32. Bloody Adelaide on 28. Won too many games. Uh, Gold Coast uh, tanked hard to get to 16th on 28 points. Collingwood on 24. And North Melbourne probably deservedly so. Um, Although a little bit more promising this year, but still a long way to go on 18 points. All right. So just uh, we'll look at the first week of the finals just quickly. And just a reminder, anyone on the uh, live studio audience, if you want to have a say, just stick your hand up and uh, we'll get you on board. Plenty of time tonight to uh, have a bit of a chat, so don't be shy. So we've got, uh, as it stands at the moment, who knows with COVID, but uh, on Friday night we've got Port and Geelong at Adelaide Oval. That's going to be a difficult game for Geelong, I believe. Yeah, uh, I think Porter got a very good chance uh, to go into the preliminary uh, in this particular game. Yeah. Um, you know, at home they'll have uh, well, I don't know what I don't know what uh, number of crowd will be allowed, but it doesn't matter. Not twenty port supporters sound like about fifty thousand. So, um, they, you know, even if they get fifteen, twenty thousand there in the crowd, um, or twenty five, uh, it's fifteen it's a, capped, I think. 15 capped, is it? Well, I think. Uh, 15 port supporters will sound, still sound like about 50. They are a very vigorous supporting team. Yep. Uh, crowd, sorry. And, uh, yeah, look at, and I think Porter actually played very, very well, and they actually played themselves out of a difficult position and showed that they can do that. And uh, Geelong rely very, very heavily on possession of the ball. And if you can break that chain, then, then you, you, you can just really get them. And uh, I think Port might just do that. 
The only thing in the cat's favour is that the Adelaide Oval is a skinny ground like uh, GMHBA, uh, so their style of game should work. Um, they tend to get found out on wide grounds, in my opinion. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Port's set up. Um, a lot will depend on who gains the ascendancy in the middle, in my opinion, um, because both sides have potent forward lines that, and can kick goals. Just a med, uh, just depends, I think, on who gets on top early in the midfield. Uh, Saturday, we have uh, the Swans... Um, playing the Giants at Tasmania, in Tasmania, a final in Tasmania, <laughs> eh? Yep. Uh, Not one, but two. And that venue, that venue just throws up all sorts of possibilities, in my opinion. Well, me, I, to me, I think it suits the Swans. Small ground, you reckon? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, probably right. I agree. I, yeah, I agree on that point. And then, uh, lucky us, we've got... Uh, this will be a good game to go and see, actually, on Saturday night next week, Melbourne versus the Lions at 7pm at Adelaide Oval. Um, I think that'll actually be a bit of a classic, to be honest with you. The Lions in good nick. Melbourne obviously in good nick, but can be a little bit flaky. Um, uh, I actually can't pick a winner out of that one, to be honest with you. I think if Melbourne plays at the standard they did in the second half um, in the in the game just gone, I would say that Melbourne would would win that game. But you know they 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 didn't they didn't provide a very good uh, first half. So uh, yeah, they are they are flaky. Um, I'll go for Melbourne though. One of the keys, uh, Mac, I reckon, is what you said earlier that Lockie Neal just uh, found a bit of the footy um, on the weekend. He did. He and, did. Um, Mel, if they start making the Melbourne midfield accountable, I think that's where they can get them. If you if you give Oliver and Petrarca uh, license to run ahead of the ball and and you know make multiple contests, they get you. But uh, if the Lions make them accountable through the midfield, then it's going to be an interesting one. And the uh, the battle of the uh, the running sides on Sunday, also in Tasmania, uh, Bulldogs versus Essendon. Um, Bulldogs want to be careful. They might go out in the first week. Well, I think it's a. Po- I think it's actually a possibility. I do too, Nikki. If it comes down to the midfield, really, if the they the dogs rely on that midfield, they totally rely on that midfield because if we look up forward, they um, they've got one or two players up there that can take marks, and they've lost they've lost one out through injury, so. Um, and you go through the back lines that they're not overly strong in the back lines either. Um, they, re- you know, they rely on the the, the pipe size guy to do most of the clearances. Um, and uh, with me, it's the Bulldogs. When the midfield hands down, then they play very well. Um, and it was shown they when their they, their midfield was sort of half shut down, they got beat. And uh, that'll be. That'll be what they should have to do, and if they, if they can shut down the midfield uh, to even a, a perhaps a medium to mediocre game, they can win it, but they won't. I think the loss of Bruce uh, has been underestimated with um, Bulldogs. Yeah, that, not so much because not yeah, not so much because he's prolific on the scoreboard, but he's just another matchup, and what he does. With Bruce in this team, it allows Bontempelli to go forward and also almost have their fourth defender. 
um, and, you know, be a bit dangerous around up forward. Um, you know, if I was going to pick an upset, this would be the one, I reckon. Yes, and it would have, would rely on shutting down the midfield uh, because I, I think with the Bulldogs, uh, at their best, they have a mighty, mighty midfield. But it hasn't been really firing. Uh, Bontempelli was being, he was shut down and uh, McRae went reasonably well, but the others didn't do very much. And uh, uh, Liberatore, he didn't do that as much as normal. And if Fessenden couldn't do that, they could win the game because they, they play a very flashy type of football, you know, and they can move the ball in very, very quickly indeed. And they could catch uh, the Bulldogs out if they can do that. But, yeah, surely uh, surely the Bulldogs midfield is going to fire. It hasn't it hasn't for about three or three games. Uh, I think it's probably due to have a good one. Mm, well, pride on the line. One Pubs has got his hand up there, so we've invited you in, mate. Come in uh, before we... Uh, kick off our review of the Crows game. Uh, don't be shy. Anyone else as well that uh, wants to come in. Uh, Juan Pubs, how are you going? Oh, very well. How are you? Pretty good, thanks, mate. Good, mate. Good day, mate. Oh, what do you got to tell us? <laughs> not, not a lot to tell. Uh, just, I guess... <sighs> Today, a bit, a bit of a bit of a strange, bit of a strange feeling today, isn't it? Like mm. we uh, we want the boys to win, but at the same stage, you know, looking out for that pick two. But uh, you know, at the end of it, I was just really wrapped to see that last quarter to see B Mac and also Lynchy as well. You know, get 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 those goals. Golan as well was uh, was great to get that goal in that quarter, but uh, yeah, just don't know how to feel about that. Like, one thing I wanted to um, quiz you guys on was um, Ned McHenry. He just seems to be progressing week after week, and uh, and and today was was really no exception. So yeah, really like to get your thoughts on on his game and uh, where you see the future for, for Ned. I'd like to go first because I was one that bagged the shit out of him last year. <laughs> uh, so, and I'm sticking my chin. I'm sticking my chin out and taking it right on the chin because this boy is be this as every game's gone on this year. I think he's just got better and better and better. And I can see that he's going to be a very, very good player for us down the track. Um, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't even see a player in him last year. But uh, this year, I th- I think he's been and. In, in recent weeks, I just think he's been one of our very better players. And uh, I was just throwing Jones for good measure as well because, you know, we all – I think everybody turned on Jones, but it's amazing. Oh, Jones was great. Jones was great today. He yeah, was, he, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A, a few little, uh, you know, uh, I think there was a couple of turnovers there, but you know what? He, he's, showing, he's showing some really good signs off, off – off the the half back line, it's it's promising, absolutely. Well, what I like about Jones coming off the half back line is that he's got that blistering pace that we don't have much of in our team, and Definitely. and in general, his kicking is pretty good. The thing I'll say about Ned is that he makes it very hard to drop him. Um, he's got his disposal count up, um, you know, into the high teens and low twenties. Um, you know, he's. Pressure around the contest is excellent. Uh, he doesn't 
die wandering and other you know um what sets him apart from the other small pressure guys like Lockie Murphy is that he knows his role plays his role very well and um you know uh I'm still probably a little bit on the fence as to whether he's long term going to be in our 22 uh, but certainly as the squad sits at the moment he's comfortably in our best 22 and it's a credit to him because he started the year not in that situation at all um, you know uh, Chase Jones and we'll go through players obviously later on but Chase is yeah, obviously yeah. another one where you know I think none of us had him pegged as a as a best 22 but he's shown himself to be more than capable off that halfback line and uh, later on you'll hear uh, uh a large squelching sound as I uh, I uh, caught one for my last year's bagging of Kieran Strawn because uh, boy, ha- <laughs> oh yeah, ha- hasn't he well, well, made me that, my words? Wasn't that a turn up? Wasn't that a turn up for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. So um, trade Rob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nicky, music what, what, playing, by the way. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts, Nikki, on uh, on uh, on Ned? Uh, I've always liked um, him because I've watched a lot of him in the SNFL um, yeah, to start yeah. off with and, and could see what he was doing in the midfield. He was – and then the problem was that once he makes it into the AFL side, he gets not put in the midfield, he gets put on the half-forward line, which we saw with Chase. It's often a death knell. They they can't quite survive. But Ned has survived and the other one um, who's able to survive in that position was Schoenberg, who's then demanded to go into the midfield and deservedly so – and, and show him what he can do there. The interesting thing with Ned was he's improved all these other areas, but what he was really renowned for was that tackle pressure and the ability to stick a tackle, and yet that seems to have dropped off. Um, he can't quite stick them um, any the last couple of weeks, and it's, I've, I've found, found that a little bit interesting, whether that's a bit of tiredness or, or whatever. That's, that's a great point because he's, he's, he's tackling today in watching that was – he was very close, but not quite there. He he, yeah. he always seemed to grab, grab the Guernsey, all that sort of stuff. He the the effort was there, but he just it, it couldn't quite stick. Yeah, and the the other one on Jones was I watched him in the SNFL the start of the year when they were putting me in the back lines, and earlier on I I think the guys remember I was pretty skating. Um because he was still giving too much space, which was what was cutting him out as a midfielder, was that he was always giving his opponent too much space. Then they put him in the AFL side, and I'm like, "Mm." and he did it for a little bit, and now he's kind of got the feel of it playing as a defender. Um, And for me, he is ultimately our Brown replacement, that quality deliverer out of the back lines, provide that run and speed, but he can take those fast, small forwards. And they don't realise how quick he is. Like, Brownie used to surprise the hell out of them as well with how quickly he could catch them and the anticipation. And I just see so much of Brownie and the way that Chase is playing and, and that's who we need in our back lines. That's very true because you see um, you see how Brownie used to be that guy that would run off halfback and he would make himself an option um, forward of the, of the play as well and be able to get that goal. And yeah. we, we saw that today with, uh, with Chase who was able – if you saw the, um, obviously you were at the game. I, I watched. Uh, I watched on uh, on the TV, but um, you would have seen closer to me. I was up in the bloody nosebleeds. <laughs> I, I, I saw. I saw. Uh, I saw Chase and the run that he was able to provide. He, he 
I think he, he won the ball on the half-back line but continued to run forward and he actually uh, got a goal uh, as a result of his hard running. And, and that's, what we, that's what we missed. And I don't, I don't think we have actually seen that from Brownie. Maybe it's been uh, because of his injury or whatnot, but it's great to see that we have those players that are willing to run hard, make the space, and be that option to run, run forward and, and, and to go, in, go into goal. And he's a great kick. We know he's a great kick. Um, and he was, able to, he was able to do that at least once today anyway. He got on the scoreboard. So um, that, that was very nice to see. That, that, that goal was a beauty because he actually ran about two-thirds of the ground to get to Exactly. Exactly right, Macca. Exactly right. It was, it was a fantastic run. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but a couple of close-ups of Chase on the ground, I reckon he's grown a bit taller. Or he's not shy. He's no, no, not no. hunched over and I wasn't sure whether he should be no, out there or not. No, no, no. I just think he's he's he may have uh, grabbed another inch or two. Um, he's certainly more than capable of matching it aerially with mid-size forwards. Um, he doesn't look as pint-sized as he did um, a couple of years ago. I wouldn't mind betting if he's just put on an inch or two. Um, I don't know about the height, but he, he's definitely definitely stronger and more uh, more physically built than he used to be. He used to be very very thin, but uh, he looks very very strong at the moment. Mackie, you'd that, agree with me. Point. Mackie, you'd agree with me. No man would ever be uh, disheartened by gaining an inch or two, right? <laughs> Oh dear! One <laughs> uh, finish it off because we got some well, line thanks, in. Uh, thanks for having me, thanks for having me guys. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good to have you on, mate. Thanks very much for your, all your support as well. Yeah, well done. Uh, always, always, a, always a pleasure, guys. You, you guys do an amazing job. So thank you very much, and uh, right, keep it going. Good on you, mate. Yeah. All right, let's uh, bring the lion in, shall we? Uh, Thom, if you're ready, uh, hop on board. Um, and my apologies for that crass humour, uh, Nick. Uh, it, was a com- it was completely intended. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ah, uh, yes, it was bringing me back to the old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have cleaned up a little. We've straightened up in that regard. Um, yeah, you're probably, a You're bit. probably just a little bit stiff to hear that one. Um, now, Thom... How you going? PJ beat you. Uh, PJ beat you to that one. Yeah, I know. I stole a lot of him. <laughs> G'day, guys. How you going? Very Not good, bad, mate. mate. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, very good. I just thought I'd touch on two things, a, a couple of positives from today and uh, something, I think, for the future. I just reckon think, something that people may not have seen much of is McPherson today was really proactive with his running. And he was, um, you know, taking some handball receives and running through the middle. I thought that was really good attacking. And um, we need to sign Davis for another year or so. I think we just got to grow a pair of, uh, pair at the trade table and trade someone like Smith or Kelly and uh, let Davis do that role and get a second-round pick or whatever we can um, and pop Davis in there. Signed Gollant as well. He's going oh, to be fantastic. God, why wasn't he signed at half time, Lockie? Oh. <laughs> Maybe they're waiting for him to kick a goal. 
Oh, geez. He's got some natural flair, that kid. And we're sort of getting off format here, but who gives a shit? Um, you know, <laughs> it's, our, it's our last game of the season for us. I think Lockie needs to do what Chase has obviously done over the last couple of years, Nicky, and that's harden up a bit. Um, but doesn't he show some natural ability, Lockie Gallant? Yeah. And do you mean... got to think, uh, sorry, Nicky, but, um, you know, as the commentator said, he's actually put on, and he's, he's like a string bean, and he's really, really put on 15 kilos. He's got about another 15 kilos to put on. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, he, was, and... he was like... you. If he walked past you inside on, he kind of looked like a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> he was so thin um, as a but footballer. He, and then he had he had those injuries, which I think allowed to him a bit of time in the gym. But it was also quite funny. The dietitian was also said to him, it's like, well, everybody else has to watch your weight. You need to eat everything. But his ability to get into aerial marking contests that he was completely out of position for, um, oh yeah! Not only the one that he marked in the last quarter, but there was one in the first quarter that he nearly took, um, where he was similarly out of position and just just got there. Um, he's and obviously got a hunger one, for the ball aerially. And that that one for me was that was one of his first contests that he came onto the ground. Normally, a, a new player into an AFL side, that kind of contest coming, you would have possibly not tried to go for it because he was well out of it. Yeah. And he was just like, nah, stuff it. I want to try and get this ball. And the fact he nearly did was absolutely spot on what I've heard he's been delivering in the SNFL. And Why isn't he signed? Why haven't they signed him? I, I wonder if he actually is, but they haven't announced it. Oh, possibly. Well, I, mean, I think I was going to answer that question when um, – Lyon said, uh, talked about, uh, I think he was talking about Benny Davis, that we should be signing him. Um, the problem that we've really got is uh, there's a, still a couple of contracted players, uh, uncontracted players, sorry, uh, mm. and who, you know, and I suppose Crouch is one of them. They're waiting to see what happens there. Um, and there's another player too in a very similar situation. But... Um, Kelly. That's what going. That, Kelly, that's the one. Those but two, is, isn't Kelly also got a free agency like Crouch? That, no, they both have. That's the point, Nikki. And, and yeah. until we know whether they're going to exercise their free agency or whether whether they want to stay with the club, the club has offered them contracts. Now, it might not be the contracts that those two players want, but they have been offered contracts. If they accept contracts with the club, then. Unfortunately, players like Ben Davis, etc., will have to go because if unless you want to go to the draft and well, I, I've worked out that if we want to have uh, uh, five players, say say five draft picks, uh, five draft picks uh, at the draft, most of those players down the bottom end will have to go. Well, Macro, I'd like you to I'd like you to keep your draft research for another episode. Otherwise, we'll be here for four hours. Um, yeah, I, I, do... I won't go. I won't go any detail, and you know what it is. Uh, yeah. I've, I've... So it's it's really it's it's really. Can we trade players in? Are we going to uh, sign up the uh, the free agents? Are the free agents going to be traded out? That's going to determine uh, Ben say Ben Davis. And maybe one other down the bottom, and uh, until then we won't know. Yeah. The, the thing with that, 
the funny thing with that is we know exactly the ceiling that Kelly or Smith can give us where Smith has his maximum value now. Whereas Davis, he we haven't seen his full potential. He's very uh, classy and skillful. He's only been for a couple of games. I think we should grow up here and um, have a look at him. Agreed. The only problem with that is one that one's proven that he can play AFL football over a very long period of time. Mm. Ben, ben Davis has been around five years and he's played four games and two of them were very poor in the forward line. Not given much opportunity, I agree. Uh, mm. And he, the two good games or, you know, res- respectable games have been in the back line of where we've got plenty of players. Now, you mentioned McPherson and I thought he was outstanding today. I thought he that's probably possibly yeah. the game he's played for the club. And we've still got other good players out in the, that didn't play in the back lines. I don't think the back lines are our problem. No. I, I, I no. reckon Shane McAdam might uh, be one that uh, pisses off to Fremantle, um, leaving a spot. Um, but anyway, we can't digress on that um, because otherwise, as I said, we'll have a six-hour podcast and... Uh, Right. <laughs> we're going to have a draft and trade. We're going to have plenty of draft and trade podcasts coming up over the next few weeks. So uh, let's hold fire on that. Tom, you got any other thoughts before we let you go? No, that, that was it. I think just if you think back to a lot of really good players in the AFL, like Selwoods and Sloans and stuff, in their debut games, they didn't really do anything. Uh, but if you look at uh, Cook or Gollant today, uh, they've done really, really well for their early games. So it's, it's very good signs, I reckon. Agreed. Agreed. Let's not forget that uh, today they're playing against Witches Hats, but nonetheless, yeah. they still showed something. <laughs> very true. Or, or Witches Hats that if they actually managed to get the ball in the clear, then had to fumble and fall over. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Lion, uh, for coming yeah. on Thank and for your support Thanks, during the season. Thank you. Very good. And uh, if anyone else wants to pop in. Uh, feel free to do so. Now, Mac, speaking of audience interaction, and Nikki, I should say as well, speaking (laughs) of (laughs) audience interaction, um, unbeknownst to anyone in Discord, uh, they would have seen, uh, as has just popped up there, Inquisitors Advanced to Level 4. I've been keeping track of our main contributors during the course of the season, and uh, I just want to... What do I want to do? I want to do something here. Um, I'm just going to do this, and I'm just going to do this. Right, and uh, PJ Crows uh, kindly arranged uh, during the course of the season for um, some Crowcast mugs to be produced, and there, there. Hang on, let me get in the screen. There it is. There. With 100% on the back. Excuse my uh, coffee stains. Right, uh, Very grateful to PJ Crows for arranging that. There were also some stickers that are over there in a box somewhere that I haven't got out. And uh, what I'm going to do is uh, give away... Uh, what have I got? Four mugs to give away. Um, so you can see that over the course of the season, uh, JMac. But surprisingly, because I thought it would be Vardy, I really did, and uh, Vardy would be spewing, I reckon, if he knew this was actually happening. <laughs> J-Mac, with 1.9K messages over the course of the season, uh, gets himself a mug. Uh, Vardy Magic gets himself a mug. 
Now, Razor, I don't know whether I can get you a mug, but I'm happy to get you a mug if we can arrange it. <laughs> the the postage might be worth more than the mug, so I might have to work something out. <laughs> it will. <laughs> uh, PJ Crows, I don't know whether he wants a mug because he arranged a mug, but he's certainly uh, entitled to have one. And Submariner um, also uh, gets a mug. Uh, there'll also be a few other people that uh, um, can... Uh, get themselves uh, uh, some stickers so what i'll do is uh, at the end of this show probably over the next few days i'll just dm some people uh, and if you would like to cash in ka-ching um you have to dm me a postal address and i'll get those uh, get those over to you uh, but look you know i mean the support that we've had over the last little while with uh, well, not over the last little while over the last what six years of the podcast guys six years of the podcast um it's i think you'd agree nikki and macker and i know pete's in the chat he'd agree as well um it's kind of humbling um because i say keep talking to us well you know i mean it was pretty humble beginnings but uh but nonetheless, you guys are the reason why we've been able to keep going for six years and, and sort of turn it into what it is at the moment. So, um, you know, we really appreciate it. Um, you know, the support that we get on Patreon, the support that we've had uh, through other platforms, but most importantly, the support that we get every time we turn on the bloody stream, whether it be a Sunday night or Tuesday night, some of the other shows that we've had, the Rev Up show and... Um, you know shows like that over the course of uh, the last five or six years um, the support has been incredible and I just really want to uh, send a shout out to everybody uh, who supported us over the course of the last six years and particularly over the course of the last couple of years where the fortunes of the crows haven't been all that positive and we've had to deal with COVID and lockdowns and all the rest of it um it just uh, it blows me away. I'm very humbled by it, and I'm very grateful for it. And uh, I'm sure that I echo the thoughts of Nikki and Macca in just passing out a big uh, thank you to everybody for uh, supporting yeah, the Crowcast. Totally support what you're saying there, Pete. I I love the guys in the chat. You know, even if they say I'm talking crap or whatever, uh, because uh, you know they they it's like everybody. Everybody's got an everybody's got an opinion, and they're entitled to have it. And uh, we express ours, they, they either agree, disagree, but um, I'll be honest, I steal a lot of the ideas off of them anyhow. So uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, love, I love the boys out We, there. we don't actually girls. have any idea, do we, Macca? We just read the chat and go, oh, yeah, that's a good point. We'll, <laughs> we'll raise that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we used to cheat the exams, now we just cheat off the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't cheat in exams, Macca. But, no. I totally, but I totally cheat off the chat. <laughs> yeah, no, they're a good bunch. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, Fantastic. It's still, it still absolutely blows my mind. We've been doing this for six years. I know, right? Um, it, it's insane. And hilarious. And, you know, quite funnily enough, our very first player interview was David McKay. It was too. That, Nikki, as usual, you're spot on and right on point. It was, and for a long, long, long time, it was our highest-rating episode ever, D-Max interview. And, uh, and to be honest, it was an amazing interview. It was great. 
And uh, if anyone wants to uh, to hear it again, I'm pretty sure it's still up on Spreaker um, in the interview section, uh, as with all our player interviews. So get around it if you want to have another listen to that. But uh, you're right. I think it like at that stage, I think we were only getting about 200 listens a week, and um, uh, Dmax scored about 800 or something like that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Anyway, look, we won't uh, carry on, but uh, just uh, everyone in the chat, everyone listening to us on YouTube, everyone who gets around us on all the different platforms, just a big thank you. And uh, that's all the gratitude you get from me for quite some time. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's move on to the bloody game, shall we? Uh, Right. Um, What was I doing? I'm all flustered now, Mac. I'm a bit emotional. What was the score? I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was the Crows. 13-20-98 to North Melbourne, 8 goals, six fifty four. A margin in the end of 44 points, which is enough for us to jump a couple of uh, a, a couple of rungs on the ladder. And uh, as we've already discussed, um, a pretty good way to send off a couple of veterans. Um, a good start by a young debutante and uh, a nice, happy, positive way to end the season, notwithstanding... Uh, the draft situation, which we won't really dwell on, I don't think, tonight. Matt, Nikki, <laughs> anyone? <laughs> no. I was waiting for Matt to go, and then there was silence, and I was like, you know what, I'm leaving it here, this is going to be funny. <laughs> no, I've been driving it all the time, you go ahead, Nikki. <laughs> oh, it was it was so weird because I really do want that pick too. <laughs> yeah. um, b- bastards. But the way they played, the young guys, they just look so much freer. Um, I did get the feeling that North weren't trying that hard, possibly. It didn't seem like oh. it, did it? Yeah, there were, there were um, some very interesting... Um, Fumbles when they were completely in the clear. And, oh, I must fall over now. I thought mm. Richard. I thought they had a number of Richard Douglases playing for them. Um, but the way that we moved the ball, there were some beautiful slick handballs. The youngsters taking that those steps up again, which we just wanted to see. Um, some of the others just continuing on that little trajectory that they've been going. Um, it overall, it was. A good game in that respect. They kept trying to get goals for Lynch and McKay. I thought it was quite funny that it was like towards the end. Um, it was good though. Yeah. Oh, it was. And the reaction from the players um, to those. And, and between the two, you had Gallant finally kicking his first goal as well. Yep. So I just thought that was just a really nice little send-off to, but there's a bit of the future, hopefully. The, the only thing I was disappointed about, and uh, I noticed it was touched on by someone on the chat earlier, um, was that we didn't see Daniel Talia. And, uh... Uh, no, he, he was there because um, he was there before the game, gave a speech on the ground, um, and then he did a, a bit of a walk around as well. Oh, good. Okay. I didn't see so that, that on the happened. telecast. Yeah, they didn't show it on the, on the telecast. It was pre-game. Um, oh, and also, I'm pleased about and that. Also, and also pre-game, they did an amazing Welcome to Country. Um, which happened, which had both teams lined up right. for it, which was really nicely done. Yeah, I did right. see um, that. They did show yeah. that. Oh, that was really well done. Um, but, so, yeah, so they, they did those, and I, and Tal's just kind of talked I'm about that. Maybe DT, he, 
I'm glad that DT was there. Yeah, as to as to whether he would um, play on or not, he'll just take his time and think about it. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. Let's run through some head-to-head, shall we? Uh, and not surprisingly, we shout on them basically. Uh, Four eighteen to three fifteen disposals. Ah, oh, this thing keeps refreshing, which is annoying. Uh, two twenty-two kicks to one seventy-five. One ninety-six handballs to one forty. Inside fifties, fifty-seven to thirty-seven. Disposal efficiency seventy-six to seventy-two. Our efficiency inside fifty was good. Thirty-seven shots from fifty-seven entries. We could have kicked a bit straighter. That would have been nice. Uh, tw- um, free kicks uh, in North's favour. Surprisingly, I didn't think the umpires had a bad game. Uh, hitouts. Um, 37 to 45, excellent, uh, considering who was on the opposition team. Uh, Clearances, we absolutely destroyed them, 42 to 26, including 14 to 6 in the centre and 28 to 20 around stoppage. Uh, 152 to 111 possessions reflects the fact that I didn't think North were up for a bruise today. Uncontested (laughs) possessions, obviously, 266-190. North turned it over a little bit more. Um, won't spend a huge huge amount of time on these. Uh, marks ninety to sixty nine. Marks inside fifty twenty two to nine, which is excellent from the Crows. Um, contested marks fourteen to five, also good. Intercept sixty four to fifty five, and really uh, tackles pretty even fifty seven sixty seven. Tackles inside fifty, always good when we get into double figures thirteen to eight, um, and the rest is just. Uh, blah 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 so um, pretty much a destruction by the Crows to be honest with you yeah and that that forward pressure even without a lot of those tackles there was a lot of pressure even when they were trying to switch it um, we're very on the ball about it and we got a number of repeat entries as well just um, the way they were pressuring up um, was was very good agreed uh, yeah, I, 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 I just like the type of game that um, Nick's is trying to get the boys to play. But, you know, the, the handball, the run, and moving the ball as quickly as they did. Um, it Sometimes it's very risky, and when it comes off, it is, it is absolutely fantastic. And as they get, as they do it more and more, they'll, they'll become more proficient at it. Um, the one that really surprised me, like somebody like Cook, who's only just been in for a couple of games, he fitted in beautifully into it. And uh, uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think that I reckon next year will be a good year for us. I, I think I'm not saying that we're going to be premiers or anything like that, but I just think the style of footy that we're playing and uh, with the boys buying into it, it's going to be very good. I, I enjoyed watching the game, but I just had this horrible same as you, Nicky, this rotten thing. I could see. Look, a uh, thing called pick two with wings on flattering away and going into the... <laughs> yes, Maka. Let's not talk about that, shall we? Um, yeah. look, all right, let's have a look at some players. Uh, Rory Laird had a huge game. 40 touches, equal PB, I think. 14 kicks, 26 handballs, four marks, eight tackles. Uh, as you can see there from the heat map, got it all over the place, but a fair bit in the middle. Um uh, 17 contested possessions, went 85% disposal efficiency, which is pretty good for Rory. Um, 24 uncontested possessions, only turned it over four times. Um, 10 score involvements. What else have we got here? 
370 metres gained, attended 27 bounces, um, got 10 clearances from those 20 attendances, which is pretty good. Um, oh, sorry, three from the centre clearances, seven around stoppage, um, eight tackles, as I mentioned, uh, one inside 50. So a pretty solid game from Laity. Yeah, and I, just on Laity, I did, did you... Uh... Did you watch the replay and, and heard the comment that uh, you always know when Lady's going to win? Uh, made by Marishuso, you always know when he's going to uh, be our best and fairest because the uh, Golden Jacket's very small. <laughs> oh, yeah. the classic. Very good. Uh, Benny Keys, Nick, you mentioned that you didn't really notice him around the... Uh... Uh, from up where you are, but he had 38 touches, 20 kicks and 8 eight balls, uh, four marks, six blind, tackles, kick two goals, well, no, if, if you don't mind. If, if, if you look in the chat, um, you'll actually see the view that I had from my seats. You can understand why sometimes I'm like, I don't know where they were. Um, I, I saw him a couple of times when I came and I said, oh, that was keys. Uh, but most of the time I can spot other players, but he just kind of blended in with the others. Um so it was it was quite funny that you know you find out later you look at the stats and go oh yeah. he did get a bit of it no yeah. he had a superb game Nicky yeah uh, twenty kicks um, sorry I'm just trying to make this fit because it's not really fitting in here oh, that's a bit rude um, there we go that might be a bit better move that across maybe not. No, I don't know. We'll keep trying. Um, yeah, 20 kicks, 18 handballs, 13 contested possessions, 25 uncontested possessions. Uh, that's better. Um, turn it over five times, four intercept possessions. Uh, kick two goals without a miss, which is always good for Benny. Uh, 10 score yeah. involvements. Um, only turned it over twice. 621 metres gained, Nicky. Where were you? Um, <laughs> uh, 22 CBAs uh, for four clearances from centre. Also two clearances around stoppage. Um, six tackles, um, 10 inside 50s. He played a bit forward of centre uh, today. He didn't get back too much. He was getting a lot of his ball around centre and forward. Um, so a pretty good game. Um, by Benny uh, for someone who uh, wasn't that noticeable, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Hey, look, I think I've got a very valid excuse. (laughs) Um, Another, uh, our other, like, you know, we've we've complained about our three old stages in the midfield all season, but I actually thought it was Rory Sloan's best game for the season. I don't know how you guys saw it. Exactly Um, that. I think he exactly wanted to that. put in for his uh, retiring mates. He had 27 touches, yeah. 11 kicks and 16 handballs. Four marks, seven tackles. Um, uh, went at 78% disposal efficiency, 13 contested possessions. Uh, to go with 13 uncontested possessions. Um, what else? Uh, four marks. Attended 18 centre bounce uh, stoppages for three clearances. Also three clearances around stoppage. Um, didn't get any hit outs, which is very disappointing. Um, seven tackles. 
two inside 50. It's a pretty good game from Rory. Um, you know, still a lot of question marks about his fitness or his aging body, uh, but he certainly put one together for his mates this week. Finished the season off nicely. Yep. Um, our biggest trade um, commodity, in my opinion, Brody Smith. Uh, 25 disposals, 20 kicks and 5 handballs, 7 marks, 1 tackle. A uh, lot of work across half-back. Uh, cl- clearing the ball yeah. didn't get forward too much. Um, he had 19 uncontested possessions. Uh, only turned it over three times. Intercept three times. Uh, six score involvements, which is good, off half-back. Um, took seven marks, two, one contested, which is great. 612 metres gained. Um yeah, not a bad game. Five rebound 50s from uh, Brody. Yeah, you mentioned him as our best uh, trade item. They won't trade him, though, Fiend. Well, they should. It's not a question whether they should or, or would. They uh, should or shouldn't. It's that they won't. Yeah. Do you think they should? Yeah, I do because you know I think he'd be a valuable piece of uh, valuable item, and we have got replacements, um, but um, they won't. They just won't. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore Smithers, um, and I would hate to see him traded. But I agree, he's got value on the trade table to get us some things that we need, and we should be doing it. But they're still very scared. Of the Apricot Slice Brigade. Yeah. And they won't do it because of that. And because even though we've had COVID and we've had reduced numbers of crowds, they've still had trouble getting members in. So I think there's – I don't think our financial situation is very rosy and they don't want to lose more members. Yeah, I agree with PJ's um... – uh, comment on the chat that we should have traded him two years ago. I was a massive proponent for trading him after 2017 and I was absolutely destroyed on many footy forums. Uh, but I still maintain that he, as as much as I like Brody Smith and I think he's an excellent player, I think running halfbacks are expendable. We've got 650 of them at the moment, including Wayne Miller coming back in next season. I think the days of a long kicking Halfback flanker are less than they used to be because teams tend to uh, chip through zones now rather than trying to clear the lines. Um, we've got Seedsman who can uh, shoot the ball forward when he uh, plays a little bit more forward of centre. Um, he'd be a great, great pickup for someone. He'd get us a second rounder, and uh, I reckon he's worth quite a bit on the trade table, but I probably agree with you that we won't trade him. But uh, that's how you get players like the next lad, the 2024 Brownlow medalist Harry Schoenberg. Uh, 24? Yeah, 24, I reckon. Uh, ironically, 24 touches, 11 kicks, 13 handballs, 4 marks, 8 tackles, kick 1 goal, 1, including a nice little shot from Eddie's pocket. Um, 10 contested possessions to go with 14 uncontested. Um uh, 10 score involvements, um, 382 metres gained, 6 clearances, including 3 at centre, 3 at stoppage, um, 8 tackles as I mentioned, uh, 2 rebound 50s, 4 inside 50s, 
I said to my son Cameron, who sadly lost his uh, knockout final today by six goals. Sorry, son. Um, Harry reminds me just a little bit uh, of D. Jarman with ball in hand. Agree. Not quite the level uh, because uh, D. Jarman, of course, was exceptional. But uh, yes, I see. What, I see why you say. Yeah, it's that he he makes it's the way he makes everything around him slow down. He has got he's above the north, a very very good player, and and he still looks like he's got a little bit of puppy fat on him. He, but he's uh, surprisingly enough, he, he does finish games off quite well. And but he's just getting more and more the ball, and he's a very confident lad. He's he's, he's not afraid of anybody. He's not afraid of anything. That's right. That's uh, the confidence. Cam said to me, Macca that he's now playing uh, like a player who understands that he belongs at the level. He realises that he's got time. He realises that he's as good as the players around him. And he's unrushed with the ball. He puts the ball to the advantage more often than not. He's a little bit flaky by foot at the moment, uh, but that'll come with time. He's got good kicking action. I think he, at times, just maybe uh, bites off a little bit more than he can chew. Um, But... By God, he's smooth around the contest. He's fantastic yeah. around the contest. Oh no, I love him. I love him as a player, and he's going to be an extremely good player. But you know, I, as I said, Barney Magic said, uh, DJ really is untouchable and incomparable. Oh, he was a freak. Uh, uh, yeah, hundred percent. Dylan in the chat asked who my son plays for. He actually plays for Murrayville in the Mallee League. Uh, this season, so every game he had to travel two and a half bloody kilometres, and they were lucky to play this week, Macca and Nick, uh, because Murrayville's actually in Victoria, and uh, they have to cross the border every week to play. Half their team lives in Adelaide, half their team lives in Victoria, so they actually did very well to make the finals, and that club, every team in their club, all the way down to their Colts, made finals, and the only team that has missed out on... A grand final berth is the ace, so um, pretty good effort by a small country town. Um, anyway, uh, Nettie McHenry, um, much to uh, N.T. Rabbit's chagrin, 24 touches, 11 kicks, 13 handballs, 6 marks, Only surprisingly only one tackle. I reckon that's because he's usually trying to go for the ball rather than the bloke with the ball. Yep, um, I agree. Uh, 79% disposal efficiency, 10 contested possessions, uh, turned it over four times, um, 13 score involvements, which is what you want from your running half-forward slash wingman. Uh, took six marks, um, gained 193 metres, um, didn't get any clearance numbers, although he was doing a lot of hard work around stoppage. Uh, four inside 50s, liked his game. Liked his game a I loved it. As I said, you know, um, bagged the shit out of him last year. I'm on. I'm on board this year. I, I just like his attitude. He he's given up all this uh, bullshit about trying to stir up players, and instead he's going for the ball all the time, as you say, which is one of the reasons why he's not tackling as much. And uh, uh, when you think of the number of score involvements he was involved in, that is tremendous, Fiend. And that's a, a very very good game from a from a, a player playing on a flank. And his engine is huge. Like he he doesn't stop. Um, if you know, and that alone is a valuable commodity. He does not stop. He's running as fast at, at the, the end of the game as he is uh, in the beginning. Um, Rabbit's still concerned about his size, but I reckon 
Ned's doing everything he possibly can to circumvent or mitigate the uh, the disadvantages that he has with his size. And uh, I don't know. There are a couple of other I, pretty I good think... players that were pretty short that did all right. Byron Pickett. Yeah. Caleb Daniel. Well, to, Not to saying me, he's he up actually... to that level yet, but uh, if he keeps working, he might be. I, I think he actually tries to use his size as an advantage um, as well in, in some situations. So uh, just his game today, particularly, he didn't quite get the ball when there was a lot of the um, ball-ups, etc. around the midfield, but just the way he was working around that pack and through it, um, you know, it was exactly what we we needed to see. Um, and, I, and I think it helped create a lot of shots on goals that we were having um, from the way he was very dynamic and, and keeping that, that movement around. But you're spot on that towards the end of the game that he's still running at the same level he was at the start of the game and, and that is just an absolute key to keeping his spot next year. Yeah. Oh, and, you know, I said Byron Pick, I could name a few others. Winston Abraham, uh, Boomer Harvey only played a lazy 400 games. I think he was slightly taller than a garden gnome. Um, you know, there's precedent. Uh, and, yes, I think it is a disadvantage for Ned, um, but I don't think he's going to die wondering to see whether he can get over it. Um, I had a laugh. Sorry, go on. I had a laugh when N.T. Rabbit said that uh, Byron Pickett was twice his weight. Well, if, if you see him again now, he's twice his weight again. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good pasture. Byron's been on. Uh, Seeds yep. was pretty quiet. Uh, Twenty three touches. Um, they obviously tried to uh, blanket him a little bit, but he still got enough of the ball. Tommy Lynch had he was a. Tagged. He was yeah. tagged. Yeah, it's about the only yeah. effort they put in. Uh, he he still did um, quite well in creating some nice space and run. Wasn't always used when he was free. Yeah. I, I should do some very good things, uh, but uh, they definitely did pay a lot of attention to him. Yeah. Hey, PJ, just relax, mate. We're just we're, we're allowed to have a bit of hyperbole on this show. Uh, he's complaining because <laughs> we've compared Harry to DJ and uh, Ned to uh, Byron Pickett. Well, I the latter one. I'm not with the latter one. I, I don't think PJ actually wants a mug. Mac, to be honest with you, I think I might just take that one away. Um, Tommy Lynch had a Tommy Lynch game. Uh, Not too much more to add. Great career with the Crows. Um, Was a critical component of our our premiership um, drive back 2015 to 2017. Was um, pivotal in Don Pike's game plan. Played the game very well to that plan. And, uh, you know, limitations aside and, you know, uh, annoyances aside, was a great servant of the club, and uh, I reckon he'll. I reckon he'll continue. I reckon the lure of two or three years at three hundred or three fifty might be uh, too much for Tommy to ignore. Um. So, what are you, what are you suggesting there, Frank? I think he might play on. You don't think he'll take the coaching role? I think he will eventually, but you don't get paid 300 a year to coach. Yeah, well, that's a good point. That's and good. He, he, he wants to play. 
Well, know, I, look, um, if someone chucks him two two with a trigger at three hundred a year or three fifty, that's a million dollars you're asking him to turn down. Fair that no, that's fair comment. I, I wouldn't blame either any um, either of them. Whether Talia, I think, will most most certainly get picked up and will most certainly play for another club. I reckon he'll get two or three offers at least. Um, Lynch uh, and a half forward flat, not so many, uh, but. Um, he, he may well be offered uh, Gold Coast, somebody. Yeah, I reckon he'll continue if he gets an offer. Um, McPherson, as you said, had a pretty good game, 22 touches, 16 kicks, um, six handballs, two tackles. Um, um, really recovered well from what may have been a bit of an injury-hampered beginning of the year. I, I recall back about round four or round five, Nicky, that... Um, and it might have been against... Oh, jeez, I can't remember who it was against. But he seemed to be... I reckon he was carrying ribs. Um, I remember... I recall him getting a tackle um, and really getting up holding his ribs, and I just wonder whether he might have been carrying something for a few weeks. Possible. Anyway, he's he's bounced back really well. Uh, D-Mac, uh, say what you like about Dave McKay... Uh, one of the better club men that we've had. You don't get to 248 games unless you're contributing in some way. And uh, he had a DMAC game, 19 possessions, um, you know, uh, four marks, two tackles, uh, eight contested possessions, didn't shirk a contest right to the very end, was very intent on kicking a goal in his last game and after a couple of failed attempts uh, finally got one, which was fantastic to see and it was great to watch the boys get around both D-Mac and uh, Chief uh, for getting a last game. I must admit, well done Lockie Murphy too. For As soon as he got that ball, Lockie Murphy, all he wanted to do was pass it off to Tommy Lynch. Uh, so well oh, yeah. done to him. And, uh, and, and there, was, there, was, there was a double lead from Lynch to get to that space in order to do it. They were trying very hard, Northward, to not allow Lynch to get the ball at all. Um, the other one with D-Mac, um, I think, I made the comment to my sister in the, the first quarter was he might get his goal by six points. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the way he was going. Well, it was fourth time lucky, Nicky. Fourth time lucky. We we, we have bagged DMAC on this show. Um, he gets an absolute shellacking on social media platforms, on free forums and all the rest of it. But what I'll say to all of those people, whether you like him or you don't, he's played 248 more games of AFL football than all of us. So, well done. Damn straight. And he's absolutely adored by the players. Just the, the way they reacted just showed exactly how much. From the first ball up, they were trying to get the ball to him and to Lynch. They, they wanted to send their mates off in style. Yep. Um, now, uh, and the part of the new breed, um, he might have been quiet last week after a good first showing, but Braden Cook, 19 disposals, 8 oh. kicks, 11 handballs, 2 marks. Um, uh, went at 84% disposal efficiency, uh, 13 uncontested to go with the 6 contested possessions, uh, 4 intercepts, uh, took 2 marks, gained us 300 metres, um, 4 inside 50s. He looks like something. Well, I said to Mrs Macker. She said, who is that player? And I said, it's Braden Cook. Just remember the name because he's going to be very, very good. Yep. I said, this lad, he played school footy last year in Hainley. 
And I said he's he's had a slow start to the year with a little bit of injury. And he's out here, and he looks as good as anybody else out there, and he looks as comfortable as anybody else, and he uses the ball well. I said, this is going to be one hell of a good player. Probably the only good thing to ever come out of the Happy Valley Football Club, uh, Jadamay. <laughs> That's not true. That is not true. If you've ever been there, they make great steak sandwiches, mate. They do. I used to play tennis at the Happy Valley Tennis Club, but I played my footy uh, juniors at uh, Flags Field. We didn't like Happy Valley very much. Um, anyway. Uh, oh, just his, his hands are just so quick and absolutely elite. Um, I saw a comment earlier in the chat. Somebody said, oh, they kind of went a bit backwards. It's like, no, every single one of his handball was so proactive and was getting the, the movement around, which is it absolutely suits Nick's game plan to a T. Um, I love the fact that they're playing him on the wing and just because that quality, and he can deliver by foot with quality as well. So it's it, he's got the height, he's got the speed, he, and he's just got that elite decision-making. Um, and I'm trying to remember who it was who, who said, but it looks like everybody else slows around him. Yeah, he's got time. Yeah. yeah, he creates time and he's yeah. got composure. Yeah. yeah, Rabbit just teeing off about flags. I feel in the chat. I was in the inaugural under sixteen and under eighteen squads in the bloody back in the day, Rabbit. So bugger off. Who did you play for? Um, uh, <laughs> Braden Cook, a uh, bit of a Stevie J claim, in my opinion. Well. There is that sort of quality about him. I, I agree with me. A bit of mercurial stuff and uh, uh, a lot of time and good hands and very skillful. Seaton Ramblers, God damn. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, seriously. So, uh, he really is probably, of all the uh, players we drafted apart from Philthorpe, I think he's probably definitely the best. Very good. Now... Humble pie time. I wish I had a piece of pie that I could just stick in my face, but uh, I don't. Strawny. Even the even the bloody commentators were calling him Strawny. Ginger. <laughs> Ginger. Look, look, let's let's go beyond. Let's go beyond what he did um, uh, against Goldsmith, uh, Gold Goldstein, because that in itself was good. But he also had eighteen touches. Right. I know. He, he got amongst it. He didn't. It didn't take a lot of marks, but he got eighteen touches. He was involved in the play. He had a decent pair of hands. Uh, nine contested possessions. Um, nine score involvements. Uh, we will talk about Kieran some more on uh, Tuesday night. I am sure because Pete's up and about about uh, Strawny. Uh, I must admit. The improvement in Kieran in the last 12 months is unbelievable because when I saw him play last year, I didn't even think he was close to being an AFL footballer. He was a mature ager, and I thought, nah, he's that's his healing. He's got no more improvement in him. But my goodness me, uh, what an improvement. And uh, Riley O'Brien needs to start watching his back, in my opinion. Well, he, you know, he did. Uh, he looked very comfortable. He, uh, you know, a guy his side bending down on the ground to chase the ball down there as well. I, he just really uh, took me by surprise. I did not expect him to be as talented as 
as he is. Yeah, Chad Hutchins is out of contract, but uh, he was only put on a one-year contract uh, after last season, and uh, he might have, uh, JR should have been uh, lining up behind Lockie Gallant's uh, contract to uh, put one in front of Strawny, I think, as well. And uh, I look, you know, I don't mind being wrong when it results in someone like that getting the absolute best out of themselves and. He certainly has. And a stat that I don't have here but I heard mentioned during the telecast was the amount of uh, hit-outs to advantage that he had over Todd Goldstein uh, was far more effective um, with his tap work. I think that may have levelled up a bit after half-time, but certainly in the first half he uh, he was certainly more effective with his tap work than uh, Goldie was. And what what I love is often when he goes up, and you can see his hand change in the air to adjust where he's tapping to, depending on what happens with the other ruckman as well. And that ability to change up your hit zone yep. Um, yep. was so good. But even when Goldstein was actually getting the tap a couple of times in like the first quarter, we were roving much better to him than North yep. midfield were. So yep. even if he was getting a tap. It was under pressure. We were picking it off. Um, but his ability below the knees, um, really getting to good spaces um, as well around the ground to to provide an option a couple of times. So we're like, why have you given it to the – don't give it to the Ruckman running pass. There was only one of them where he got caught and done, but the rest of the other time they used him really well as part of those chains and moving the ball forward. Yep. So a very pleasant late season surprise, um, uh, Kieran Strawn, and probably a little bit of a dilemma uh, in terms of what we do and does it have an impact on Elliot Himmelberg's position, um, Frampton's position, um, because you know those blokes were probably relying a bit on their second string ruck work in order to uh, stay on the list but how many uh, how many tall rucks do you need now so interesting particularly with kids like Gallant coming on um, and we've got Josh Worrell down back interesting it's going to be so interesting fascinating this offseason uh, Chase Jones had a good game as we mentioned uh, Lockie Gallant had an excellent debut 11 touches 7 kicks 4 handles 3 marks kicked a goal Six contested possessions did not look out of place at all, despite his wafer-thin frame. <laughs> no, I, I, I liked him. Uh, I thought, and I thought as the game went on, he just got better and better. Um, and it's very hard, you know, to jump straight up into AFL footy and uh, from SAFL footy. Uh, but yeah, he and he had a crack, had a real crack. Um, you know, a few more, well, a few more. He's put on 15, he needs another 25 or something. But, you know, he needs a, you know, perhaps another 15 kilograms, and then I think he'll be a very good player for us. And he's got a bit of speed, which we didn't quite see all of that yet. Um, so I hope they have signed him up and we get to see some more from him next year. Well, they haven't like signed him up yet. No. no, we don't know, Macca. They haven't announced it but we don't know whether he signed up or not. Um, well, he's got tricks. That's what I like seeing a forward that's got tricks. That's what I initially oh, yeah. liked about Shane McAdam, but his uh, defensive side, and we'll spend a moment on Shane in a moment. Um, but uh, Gallant, 
he's there's something about him. There's he's got a, a great character. He's obviously endeared himself around the club. Um, you know, he's demanding of selection. All all the things you want from a kid. Um, he feel it feels like he feels part of the club. Let's just hope that the club stitch him up. Um, Shane McAdam, uh, fourteen touches, kicked three goals, including an absolute belter of a mark in the first quarter. Um, oh my god! Um, again, I think he's a trade bait. To be honest with you. Yeah, he, he, and, he's always expressed opinions about, and he has expressed opinions before that he would like to go to Perth one one day. He never actually turns, it never actually turns when. But you know, if he was up for a trade and somebody wanted him and got to read something reasonable for him, yeah, I'd trade him. I think he's Frio's answer to Liam Jones. Yeah, <laughs> that could be all right. Well, they're they're looking for someone a bit mercurial. Um, Waters isn't, you know, getting any younger and all that sort of stuff. He's a WA boy, as Surfos mentions on the chat. Or well, Walters, not Waters. Um, I could see him slotting in quite nicely at Frio. And uh, as we mentioned, Frio just need a few around the edges there to to lift themselves another rung. I wouldn't mind betting that Shane heads west. And the the fact that he's is we've still got him contracted next year, don't we? We do. So if he does want to go, and if we do want to trade him this year, it means we should get some nice value for him because he is under contract already. And the other thing is that he would be now willing to go to Frio because Lyons isn't there anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, what, what would you be looking for him though? What second rounder? No, I think you, you try. Think you See if you could get it. I think you get a third. No, but you try for a second. Yeah, I know, but you get a third. Well, I don't know. We're dealing with Frio. No, no. Let's we we try to keep things real on the Crowcast, you guys. <laughs> a hey, we've we've, we've 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 done well with trading with Frio before. I'd like to keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so that was it with the players pretty much um, not much more to say really <laughs> I mean look yeah, it, was well, a good, it was a good way to finish off of course you know we've got the issues with the bloody um, the pick with the pick of course there's a bummer yeah one thing we are there about the game though uh one player was missing, Kelly, and I thought our back line worked a lot more smoother and quicker without him in, in that back line. Now Mick's in the chat and he wants to have a chat, so we're just going to bring Mick in. Come in, Mick, when you're ready. Oh, you hey, got mate. me? Yeah, gotcha. How you going? Good. I just want to... Uh... Oh, put my hand up ages ago. We're talking about McHenry. I don't know whether people realise he's actually three or four centimetres taller than Zorko, and no one seems to think he's too small. There you go. There's another comparison. Well done, Mick. Well done. Well, if he turns into you know, half or even two-thirds of the player Zorko is, I think we've got a pretty good player on our hands. 
hundred percent, Mick. And uh, the other one, uh, Lockie Neal, he's only about two foot eight as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's not very big. And, yeah, and if, well, I mean, their midfield is made of midgets, and they seem to be going pretty good. <laughs> and the thing is with Neil was that he was an okay player, and then he got an opportunity at Brisbane, and he just really elevated himself. So for a lot of people that think, you know, the young players, that's kind of their ceiling, you can still make gains later on throughout your career. Agreed. It took Caleb Daniel probably four seasons, I reckon, to really sort of get into the groove in terms of his career. And now he's almost indispensable for the Bulldogs. Mm. No, he, he, he is. He's a great distributor and beautiful kick. Yeah. Uh, just, Inquisitor says in, in, that you know, Neil can kick more than 35 metres. I I don't think Neil can kick more than 35 metres. Anyway, sorry, Mick, go on. And, yeah, no, just the... Uh... Um, no, Inquisitor actually said that McHenry can only kick 35 metres, though, that other players can kick 50. He is absolutely, absolutely wrong. McHenry has shown a number of times that he can actually kick 15 metres, and he has done so on set shots. 15 um, he's 50. got a 50. He's got a bloody big kick on him for a little guy. Bloody big kick. Actually, I think I'm you're just... exaggerating a bit now. No, I am not. Go watch, go watch, go watch some of their games from the start of the season where he was marking out the fifty meter line, forty five meters out, having shots on goal, and it was going five meters past the line. He yeah. can kick fifty meters. He can on a good mm. kick, Nicky. His average kick is probably about forty five. Mm. That's still that's still not thirty five. What they were saying. I, I'm happy They're to wrong. pump. I'm I'm happy to pump Ned's tires up a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think you've been drinking. <laughs> I don't know about the length of his kick, but I just think the way he's developing this year, especially the back half of the year, um, the pressure he puts on the player and the ball, um, and the way he's, he, he just, as you said, right, runs all day. I just think he's going to be a really good, you know, player for us. The way if he can develop as much as he had this year again next year. Um, He's really going to be in the 22 for sure. Mick, that's the point, isn't it? It's the trajectory of his improvement. If he develops at the same rate for another season or two, I absolutely agree with you. It's We don't judge him on what he is now. We judge him on what he's going to be in you know, another two years. Yep. And if he keeps this trajectory, it's going to be quite special. And I also agree with you with Sean Berg. He's, he's, um, he's going to be really, really good. Yep. I think so too. Thanks, Mick. Thank Very you. Good point. Good on hey, you, mate. mate. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Now we've got, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, Kieran, maybe? Kieran? Tiaran? Kieran? I don't know. The guy with his hand up, or the person, I should say, I shouldn't assume. Come in. You've had your hand up for a while there. Get on board there. I've given you the tick. How are you going? Hey, how you doing? Good. Now, how do I pronounce that? Kieran or Tiaran or Kieran? Kieran? Beautiful. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't realise I put my hand up. Actually. Oh, well, you're here now. You must have said something. <laughs> but, yeah. No, quickly. Um, yeah, just one thing. Um, I thought it was without Kelly. You just did notice how good, like having everyone who can kick at the back, really made a difference, didn't it? Well, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> certainly did. I like that comment. 
Yeah, it was much smoother coming out of the fence, much smoother. There's none of these great big pauses, look around, wait till everybody's covered, and then kick it to a pack. Yeah. So, oh, I thought it was much, much, much smoother without him. And did we lose anything defensively with that, you know, supposed Kelly's rock-solid, you know, lockdown defence? No, we didn't, did we? Yeah, I mean, you can't really judge it on opponent today, but, yeah, it didn't seem like that, did it? I think we got him covered. I really do. He can he can go to Collingwood and uh, we can thank him for his efforts, I think. Yeah, I think so. I've listened to you guys all year from London anyway, so I oh, really enjoyed it. Hey, how's you it know? going over there with the uh, with the uh, the ease up of the uh, restrictions? Is is it sort of uh, is it holding firm there? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult. I mean, because I've had both vaccinations, so like you feel it almost feels back to normal, really. Yeah, it's like you know, even if you get it, and probably you will get it at some stage over the next few years. You'll get it, but you you'll be all right because you're vaccinated. That's kind of the way I see it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, sort of my mum still a bit um, paranoid when she um, goes to the shops that not everyone's got a mask or everything. Yeah, it's almost like you you just got to sort out your mindset in that regard. You know. Yeah. It's yeah. just totally yeah, but I mean, it's totally different, and we've screwed up as much as anyone on the you know. All the way through, but um, yeah, I think I think yeah. Once all you guys are all vaccinated, I think you have to just get on with it, you know. Just get on with it, mate. It's amazing to have but, you from the UK, loud and clear like that, with no lag, no delay or anything. It's fantastic. So good to uh, have you <laughs> yeah. along. Do you, uh, how long have you been following AFL? Uh, basically, I mean, I, I um, was we. I lived in Brisbane for eight years, and. Uh, when I was there, I was a sports journalist. So, like, I wrote for the AFL website for a bit. Oh, fantastic. Nice. But, uh, and it was weird, you know, because I didn't know anything about AFL when I first got over there in 2010. You would have fit right in, mate. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, they didn't get me on to like, 2014 or something. So, I, I didn't, yeah, I knew it, but it was just a bit, yeah. I, uh, so, I, um, yeah, I started doing it then, but yeah, I followed, uh, the uh, yeah, my, my missus is a pros fan from way back. Oh, good. And uh, yeah, we got we got the um, in my I'm just in my study here. I've got a picture of signed picture of Sloan when he took out Dangerfield on the wall oh, here. Fantastic! Oh, that was <laughs> fantastic! Brilliant! That was a classic. That was a classic incident. That one. It, it was yeah. just the look Iconic. afterwards of like of it, just the look on his face. Just seemed to say, "Get up!" Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll say though, Kieran, that it's you got it. You have it now so much better than what I did when I lived in the UK because we used to only be able to get the radio calls on the mm. AFL website and like getting up at three o'clock in the morning. And that was the Gary Ayres years. That was not fun. <laughs> getting up to listen to the Crows regularly lose. Yeah. Hey, mate, yeah. Are you um, so, yeah. You still write over there now? Do you write for um, like EPL or something like that, or? No, yeah, I do bits over here, yeah, more football, or, you know, soccer over here, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so I, I do, do, been doing, yeah, for a year of sport and that. Fantastic. But, uh, and how yeah, long have yeah. you been uh, following this podcast? Uh, I'm trying to think. Probably 2018, I think I've lived listened to it in Brisbane. 
Oh, you're a good man. There you go. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Fan- fantastic, mate. Well, look, thanks yeah. for coming on, even if it was accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, it's one of them I always used to think, oh, I should put my hand up, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you were obviously meant to. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, let it be your last time, mate. You. Good on you. Thanks, mate. Take care. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers. All right. Now we got the uh, the Arab child here. This is a guy that makes me think of Get Him to the Greek. Have you watched Get Him to the Greek yet, Macca? No. Come I on, mate. You no. got to get around it. You got to get around it. Uh, never the seen Arab that child. Before, mate. What's yeah, that? Yeah, I never seen that. I never. What do you mean time. you're retired, mate? You don't have. You don't do anything except chase your letterbox down the road. Well, <laughs> they keep getting stolen, mate. <laughs> uh, the Arab child's a bit uh, bashful so you've got the green light mate if you want to come on but we'll kick on in the meantime and like, we've got Ray listening from Nevada we've got uh, Kieran listening from London uh, one of our favourite sons is uh, American Crow formerly of Cleveland I think he's in Arizona now just fantastic Arab child how are you going mate? Good how are you guys today? Good. What can we do for you? Um, just I was going to comment on Darcy Fogarty. Uh, yeah, go for it. Doesn't it. seem to be the doesn't seem to be the like the future forward for us. That lock in, you know, he's not improving as much, you know. But I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing it a bit differently. Like he keeps stuffing up marks, and maybe it's the midfield. But he doesn't seem the future like locked in forward for me. That I was agree that he's not locked in yet. Uh, he showed some good signs. He had a good game last week, but he was quiet again this week. Uh, he's still got he, some work to do. What do you reckon? Um, watching it from up where I was, the, just the pattern work that was being done, it looked like he was actually in control of that forward line. He was the one doing a lot of the, the direction work for the others, and we saw how more dynamic it actually was. There were a couple of things, like he was doing some really good work to like protect the ball drop for Tilthorpe um, to get him more of a, a freer run. There was one of the um, shots on goal, which I think McHenry missed at, but Fogg was the one who, was, who actually created the opportunity to begin with and then was going for the ball at the same time. And, McH- and he was actually running the better way. Um, McHenry should have actually given that for Fogg um, to do. Um, to me, I was quite happy with his game today. Yes, he didn't. Get, he only had that one shot on goal and it missed. Um, but the way that I looked at what he was doing, I was pleased um, with that game. Agree that he's not a lock, but he's looked a lot freer. Our forward line has looked so much better without Tex there. Mm. Yeah, what about Thilthorpe? He just seems like he's lost a lot of confidence and that kind of worries me that we kind of picked the wrong player because of Logan McDonald. So I'm like starting to kind of debate it. I know it sounds a bit stupid, but at the same time, he just has lost a lot of confidence and that's kind of worrying. Oh, uh, we've, we've, yeah, we, we've had the discussion in the past couple of weeks on this in that he's probably should have been rested and he looks too tired. Um, but with what's happened with Tex, we've brought him back in um, when we probably shouldn't have. And so that's why we're not commenting too much on his last couple of games. Yeah. He, he probably should have been rested. It's his first season. He's a big, 
player. He's been absolutely bashed around by some monster key backs that he's had to deal with. Um, so overall, I think he's going to be fine. He's shown enough that the tricks that he has, um, what he can do. So I think it's more his, his, his progression next year, see what he does with another preseason under the belt, um, and hopefully he can last the year out. Yeah, I thought he had a pretty good game today, actually. You know, and not not out, an outstanding game, but I thought he had a pretty good game. And uh, uh, he, there was a lot of things that he did, like slipping the uh, compete, then slip out a quick handball, etc. And I, I thought he was pretty handy today. He he had had quiet games before that, and I agree with what you're saying. I don't know whether I should call you Arab child or what should I call you? Whatever you feel like. <laughs> um, My name's uh, Ryan in real life. I like, I like Arab, so. Yeah. Yeah, I like Arab. Yeah, so um, Arab, I think that you're right in the sense that his form did go downhill, um, and Nicky's quite right. He needed that rest very, very badly, and probably shouldn't have played any more this year. But uh, I thought that today I did, I did like his game today. I thought he he was up and on the wing, and he was round and about. He went he was more around the ground, and uh, yeah, he will get better and better. He's, he's got the he's got the quality. It's there. It's just a matter of developing it to fulfil uh, fulfilment. Yeah, well, be we could have rested him and got Fisher Mackesy in, but I mean, yeah, I feel like he would also thinking about it. I was also thinking like he could be our replacement for um, what's uh, McAdam? If you think about it, with his marking skills and stuff, like he seems pretty doing well in the SANFL with marks and that. So. Yeah, I thought we could have got on him instead of uh, Thorthorpe in this week. But, yeah. yeah, I don't disagree with that, actually. Um, I think uh, Fish could have had a couple of games this year, mate. Um, just looking at Riley's stats, he had 18 touches, 9 kicks, 9 handles, 4 marks, kicked 1 goal, 1. Um, got up the ground a little bit. Um, you know, it wasn't... Uh, I, I think... When you're looking at a at a key forward, particularly one that's 200 centimetres, you're, you're looking for a different uh, output in your first year compared to, say, a kid who's coming in in the midfield. Um, you know, still seven contested possessions. Um, you know, I, it's far too early to judge. I think the big one here is 11 scoring score involvements. So he was amongst it. He gives some good little handballs. He's he's uh, good below the below his knees. Um, a bit early, I think, uh, to call it on him, I reckon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was just, yeah. you know, looking at like... No, it's a fair like, point. Yeah. Fair point. Um, because, you know, um, we have big expectations on our highest ever draft pick and uh, it's reasonable to want them to come in and, and play well. He's had a couple of good games, but I agree with Macker and Nick. Uh, the season was probably just a bit too long for him, and I don't disagree with you, mate. I would have liked to have seen a bit of Fisher up forward, just to see what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. another thing I would like, I would say about that, uh, Macassian, he had and he hadn't set the world on fire. I, you know, I think all of us had virtually written off Jones and McHenry after two years and year three, and this is a their year three. Uh, both of them are now starting to look like good footballers, and. McAtee's had a good grounding now for two years in the uh, SAFL um, and uh, I would hope that he would move on next year and at least start to be playing some games. If he doesn't, then I think we might have a bust on our, on our hands. But um, I, I haven't seen the SAFL games, but they, I have been told by those who have that, he's in, that he has been improving. 
but uh, and he will take a longer time than the smaller guys to to get there. Um, but we really would want to see something out of him next year, perhaps you know, like a game or two at least, maybe more. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks for coming on, Thank and thanks for your thoughts. Thanks, Aaron. All right, what a big night for the Crowcast. Um, <laughs> Anybody would think it was their last game of the year. Well, lots of callers, which is or callers, uh, audience, whatever you want to call them, um, on uh, fantastic to have the participation. Um, a lot of people making a late run for a mug, Macca and Nikki. Uh, you know, people just making <laughs> some silly comments just to get their points up. Um, oh, but, well, you put out a big prize over. It's a big problem. <laughs> we, we see you, Jad. <laughs> oh, look, let's bring this one to an end. Uh, just before we do go, just uh, to let everyone know what will be happening during the off-season. Uh, Macca and Nikki, I haven't discussed this with you, so uh, consider this your uh, <laughs> your, your memo as well. Um, I figure we might as well well, I figure we may as well keep the wrap going through the final series and just talk about the finals as they go through. It shapes as being an interesting one, and I'm sure that uh, through all of that there'll be a bit of Crows news to talk about as well. Um, obviously, Pete and I will be uh, continuing on Tuesday night um, through the final series, and then, of course, we have lots of coverage during uh, Trade Week and the draft, um, as we do every year, we'll probably round out the uh, the season with a bit of a list management review as we always do and then look at uh, look at how the draft and trade week is shaping up and follow that through so uh, we're not going anywhere just yet I think last year we ended up finishing up around November so uh, for all those people that uh, enjoy listening to us we are not going anywhere just yet we've still got a couple of months of Crowcast left does that suit you guys are you happy with that very happy with that New Macca would be happy. <laughs> Means I'm going to have to actually watch games. Well, you know, Nick, you know, it is a footy podcast. <laughs> you might as well watch the bloody footy. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't enjoyed the other. I hadn't enjoyed a lot of the style of the other games, yeah. plus a few other things. But yeah, well, but it looks like it's going to be a very interesting final season. Well, the good thing about this year with with list management and all the rest of it is that we've got this live studio audience participation. Can you imagine the opinions that are going to come out of out of the flock? <laughs> Oh my god! I'm I'm waiting for the PlayStation trades. We're gonna we're gonna have to start moderating soon. <laughs> you have a dump uh, button. No, nah, look, uh, appreciate it as I mentioned earlier. Look, all right. Thanks to everyone who has joined us tonight. It's been a, a lot of fun tonight. Uh, thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Of course, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. You can see the names there of the people that support us. It's most appreciated. Um, and uh, we'll continue to run that, of course. And uh, those, uh, I'll DM the people that uh, are in line for the amazing prizes uh, that were put on <laughs> tonight. That is staggering. Um, Oh, I know, I know, amazing, Mac. I, you know, no expense spared, and uh, thanks again to PJ Crows for arranging that. That was fantastic and a real surprise. So uh, much appreciated, and the coffee tastes great. Out of a where is it? Out of a Crowcast mug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, thanks everyone. Uh, thanks everyone on YouTube as well, and also on Twitch. We will wrap it up for tonight, and we will see you on Tuesday night for the Tuesday Night Live. See you guys. Good night, all.
Not at all.